Hey, hey, you have tuned in to Black Schooled. I don't have all the answers, but I've got some of the facts. Thank you for joining me, Dr. J. For all things African-Americans, achievement and advancement, follow me on Instagram at Dr. Jaquette Dumas and enjoy this episode. Hey guys, it's Dr. J. Thank you for tuning in to Black School this week. I've been having so much fun educating, learning, and growing with you all. So let's jump into this week's topic. This week, I wanna tackle this idea of all progress just simply not being progress. And more specifically, when I think about that in education, I'm saying let's take a trip all the way back to 1954 and examine the unintended consequences of desegregation. Now, y'all, come on, don't don't cut me off. Listen, listen, listen. I am not saying that I want to uh, resegregate our schools, but I am saying, aren't our schools still segregated with the mask of being desegregated? I wanna read a letter to you and I found this letter extremely interesting. I came across this letter um, in finishing my dissertation uh, now about five years ago, and I found the letter eerily disturbing. So I, tell me what you guys think. March 13th, 1953, Miss Darla Buchanan. Dear Miss Buchanan, Due to the present uncertainty about enrollment next year in schools for Negro children, it is not possible at this time to offer you employment for next year. If the Supreme Court should rule that segregation in the elementary grades is unconstitutional, our board will proceed on the assumption that majority of people in Topeka will not want to employ Negro teachers next year for white children. It is necessary for me to notify you now that your services will not be needed for next year. This is in compliance with the continuing contract law. If it turns out that segregation is not terminated, there will be nothing to prevent us from negotiating a contract with you at some later date this spring. You will understand that I am sending letters of this kind to only those teachers of Negro schools who have been employed during the last year or two. It is presumed that even though segregation should be declared unconstitutional, we would have need for some schools for Negro children and we would retain our Negro teachers to teach them. I think I understand that all of you must be under considerable strain and I sympathize with the uncertainties and inconveniences which you must experience during this period of adjustment. I believe that whatever happens will ultimately turn out the best for everybody concerned. Sincerely, Wendell Gotwin, the superintendent of schools. Now, I don't know about you, but as I read this letter, it is a stamp on the beginning of the decline of education for African-Americans as we know it. Now I'm gonna give you guys just a few of the stats before 1954, so about 1953, when this letter was written, as things were kind of getting going, 
with um, what we know as the famous case of Brown versus the Topeka Board of Education. Before 1954, about 82,000 black teachers taught about 2 million black children who attended mostly segregated schools. In 1954, on May 17th, this famous court, uh, court case, at least for educators it is, ruled that in the case of Oliver L. Brown versus the Topeka Board of Education, that we would be desegregating our schools. And then of course, the news headlines follow. 1954 to 1965, almost immediately guys, more than 38,000 black educators in 17 southern and border states were dismissed from their positions almost immediately. Guys, the student population barely changed. There were some who decided to homeschool, but very, very small numbers. For the most part, the same number of African-American children, the same number of white children still needed to be educated. However, the choice was to get rid of 38,000 black educators. These are not just teachers. Then, keep moving forward, 1975 to 1985, the number of black students who chose teacher education as a major. Now we're talking about higher education. And I talked to you guys about higher education before, so go back and check that episode out. But in higher education, it declined by 66%. So not only did we stop hiring black educators, but as a result, the African American community had to respond and they stopped selecting it as a major by 66%. Why? There's nowhere for them to go. 1984 to 1989, the new requirements for teacher certification and teacher education program admissions resulted in the displacement of 21,515 teachers, black teachers. What does that mean? That as they changed the qualifications, then black educators were at a disadvantage and their credentials were affected at a much higher rate than our other educators. By 2001, African-American teachers represented 6%, only 6% of the public school teaching force, whereas African-American students represented 17% of the public school student population. Now we have a grave disparity, all as a result of something that was branded to help us, something that people said was going to advance us, something that apparently was going to push us into progression, but it pushed us into digression. When you think about the desegregation of schools as a whole, it sounds like a great idea. Let's share resources, let's share money, let's share buildings, let's share influence. Um, let's even teach our kids how in a school setting to get along with each other. Quite honestly, it sounds good to me. But when you look at what it did to the African-American community, this decision in 1954 has set us back to now in the year 2020, we still have not been able to recover or recoup where education was for African-Americans before this decision. As a result of this decision to desegregate our schools, we lost black culture in schools as a whole. So imagine going from attending school 
with black peers, people who lived in your neighborhood um, or not too far from your neighborhood, people who looked like you, people who ate like you, people who spoke like you. Think about how much of a change, how much of a culture shock it was for our students to go from this setting to a completely different setting where not only were they being now mixed in with other children, with other races, but there were not, um, there was not an automatic acceptance, if you will, of them. And so now take everything that's hard about school and take it up a notch because now you have to deal with everything that was already hard about school and you have to deal with direct racism from your peers, direct racism from your teachers, direct racism from your administrators. And so this understanding of culture uh, for the African-American community is now completely gone from schools to now we're having to explain our culture, we're having to explain our speech, we're having to explain our family structure, uh, we're having to explain so much in this educational setting because somebody thought it would be good for us all to be together, but we never dealt with the actual root of why we were desegregated to begin with. And so if we were desegregated to share the resources, to share the access, uh, to share the power of education, well then that has to be pushed into more than the appearance of mixing these different races of people together because if while the schools were segregated, I felt like I had a place to belong. If while the schools were segregated, I felt like I had a place to thrive, but now that they are desegregated, I no longer have that. Well, everything that you try to accomplish now is not being accomplished. Our students now have an immediate disconnect between the school personnel and the families that they serve. Desegregation caused for the front office to look drastically different than the student body, than the student population. We're looking at now taking out the school secretary, taking out the school administrator, taking out the uh, school counselor, taking out those yard duty aides, taking out those teachers that have a connection with the people that they are serving. And now you as an African-American student, which are now you're in this desegregated school and you're being mixed in, but now there are no role models to really look up to, there are no role models to pave the way for you. And this is where the same disparities that we see right now, where there's not an understanding of our children, an understanding of our families, it now has persisted. The black educator, pre-1954, the black educator was a status. The black educator was a role that was highly esteemed. The black educator was a pillar in our community. The black teacher, the black administrator, the black school secretary, the black even teacher's aide was someone who was seen as a higher power, an authority, and a holder to the key of knowledge. Someone who had landed a middle-class job in our African-American community. 
there was an understanding of school culture and learning that showed and highlighted that African-Americans not only could learn, but they could excel in learning. Not only could teach, but they could excel in teaching. Not only could run a school, but they could excel in running a school. 1954 ripped that away from the African-American community. 1954 said, well, if all of our kids are gonna be learning together, we'll be darned if you black people are gonna teach our kids. We'll be darned if you black people are gonna run our schools. So you can make our kids go to school with your kids. You can push your kids into the school with our kids. But what you will not do is you will not run the school. What you will not do is you will not be in charge of the knowledge. What you will not do is you will not place yourself as an authority over white children. And so you want desegregation so bad, you can have desegregation. We'll take your kids, but we won't take you. We won't take you as a pillar in the community. We won't take you as someone who is an authority. We won't take you as an example for all children because you're not a role model for our children. And so these letters, like the letter that I read to you at the beginning of the podcast, these letters were sent out by the thousands. And of course, there was the talk in that letter of the potentiality that this would not go through, but you and I know that this law went through. I'm not saying go back to 1954, guys, and reverse the law and, and separate the schools, but I am saying let's take back our place in education. Let's take back our right to run schools where our children are represented in the student population. Let's take back our right to earn degrees to use degrees, to become authorities, and to stand in that place of teacher, role model, holder, key to knowledge, and not take the demotion that was given to us nearly 70 years ago. We took a demotion 70 years ago, and we're still taking the demotion. And so we went from being teachers to being just assistants. We went from being school leaders to being support staff, and there's nothing wrong with being assistants. There's nothing wrong with being support staff, but there is something wrong with it when it was taken from you because you're deemed as less than. We won't roll over anymore because yes, our schools are desegregated, but are they really? Are we sharing resources yet? Are we sharing influence yet? Are we sharing buildings yet? Are we sharing the impact of education yet? Have our kids gotten any more access than they had before? Or were we better off on our own? Well, guess what? Our schools may be desegregated technically, but that doesn't mean that as an African-American community, we can't rally around education. We can't take back middle-class jobs. To be a teacher is to have job stability. To be an educator is to ensure that you are pushing in to a profession that is not going away. You might be online, but it's not going away. 
To be an educator is to be a driving force that has a constant voice generation after generation after generation after generation. To be an educator is to have access to the ear of children, to have access to the ear of the future, to have access to the ear of our future leaders in our community. And so I wanna present to you that all progress is simply not progress. When we look at laws being changed, when we look at advancements on paper, we've gotta really ask ourselves, is this going to help our community or is this the band-aid or is this the, the, the blocker, the blinder that the others or the system wants us to believe is working for our good, but it's really working against us? And if that law should pass and if that procedure should go through, how do we as a community, how do we as a society make sure that we make it work for us? How do we make sure that we're taking a look at the underlying agenda? There are many things that have been written and it was supposed to help us, but it furthered the agenda that has been set against us. No one could have imagined that the drop of 85,000 teachers nearly 70 years ago would still to this day look like a disparity of black educators in the community where our students are to be educated. I've heard teachers talk all the time about, and even parents talk all the time about this lack of teaching African American history uh, in our schools or the fact that it's only taught for one month of the year. But who exactly do you think should be teaching it? Who exactly do you think is going to take the responsibility to say, no, this is more important than one month. This is important that the story is told correctly. This is important that things are integrated. It's you. The African-American educator is responsible for that. Do you really want them to take charge of teaching our history? Do you really want them <laughs> to rewrite the narrative the way that they want the narrative written? Do you really want them to tell their version of the story? Hell no, I don't. So what do we do? We decide how this thing plays out. We decide that the decision that you made nearly 70 years ago to push us out we're gonna push back in. We're not where we were, but now we're gonna actually start checking the box. We're gonna make sure that instead of a 66% decline in African-Americans choosing education or liberal studies as their major, we are gonna take charge and we're gonna make sure that we take that 66% back. We're gonna start raising up our children to be future educators. We're going to put the honor back in the role of educator. We are going to push back. Brown versus board is done. <laughs> the decision's been made. 
But there are policies being passed every single day on behalf of the African-American community, on behalf of the educational community. And all I'm saying, guys, is open your eyes and pay attention. Yeah, some things are going to get passed one way or the other. But will you push back and make it work for you? Or will we roll over and let their policies do exactly what they planned under the auspices of helping the African-American community? Guess what, guys? It's a lot to think about. If we let history talk, we'll be here in 70 years. If history is any indicator of where we're going related to education and African-Americans, we are not making progress. We are not advancing at the rate that we need to be advancing. I know every week I got something else for you. But this week, I want you to consider how far we've come. But even more than that, y'all, I want you to consider how far we haven't come. Guess what, guys? That's all I have for you this week. School's out. Thanks for tuning in. Till next week.